Welcome to Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. It's your host, Hatch, with my boy, P.O. We in the building. Again, I got you still in Yes, right. We still in this new year, so hope everybody's had a happy holidays, and I'm wishing you right now, again, a Merry New Year. So we're still, it's still January, so we're going to wish y'all a Merry New Year up until, let's say, May. Have, have you, has everybody taken their Christmas stuff down? Is it too, is it? Still doing uh, that thing. I'm guilty. I still, I, I'm guilty. I still man, have take your trail. stuff down, man. <laughs> I think I'm a Christmas tree. Up. It's gonna be March before you take that stuff down, bro. I, I need some help taking my tree down. Does, <laughs> can someone help me take my tree down? There it is. Somebody hit us in the comments and help T.O. take his Christmas tree down, y'all. It's almost April. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So in the building today, we're going to talk some basketball, some NBA basketball. We have an NBA legend, not just an NBA legend, but a New York legend. We have Mark Jackson coming to the stage on Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast today, right? Yeah, no doubt. Mark Jackson, uh, NBA uh, coach, uh, as you said, Hatch, uh, NBA legend, uh, mm-hmm. went to St. John's, a uh, good friend of ours. I'm looking forward to definitely uh, talking some 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 basketball with this guy. I know it's probably more me and him talking basketball. Wow. You're just gonna be listening. You're just wow. you're just gonna be listening in, just trying to get some some nuggets that we're gonna be dropping today. So, hey man, keep your hands ready if you can do that. I know you're a receiver, but keep your <laughs> keep your hands ready because we're gonna be dropping some nuggets and tra- dropping some dimes today, homeboy. If you want to talk about dropping stuff, you definitely drop more footballs than me in your career, hands down. That's right, but I but, caught uh, more. That doesn't matter. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but yeah, Mark Jackson, 17 year NBA veteran. Again, grew up in Brooklyn. Had the opportunity to have a full scholarship to go to St. John's, which is his hometown college university and then he got drafted by the new york knicks and from there he played for the clippers the pacers the nuggets the pacers again raptors knicks utah jazz and ended his career with the houston rockets and then after that ladies and gentlemen he went on to be the head coach of the golden state warriors when steph curry and clay thompson were just babies and draymond green were just kind of getting into their groove and then by uh some uncertain some, um, some some horrible circumstances he got let go and of course the dynasty was built from there but yeah looking forward to talking to mark talking about some basketball some bubble uh nba stuff and then new stuff coming up for 2021 so there it is get your popcorn ready podcast coming up from the hall of famer t.o and your boy hatch don't forget to subscribe on the Himalaya app or we get your podcast. Yes, sir. Definitely, definitely, definitely subscribe, share, uh, give us your feedback, comments. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, if you want to see the video version of this, uh, the, the content that we're sharing with you guys, the knowledge that of the people that we're having on this show, uh, definitely you can go to the YouTube, my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Terrell Owens. There it is. And and also, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget to also subscribe on the audio version because we know we're getting a lot of you guys to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which is great. Um, But again, subscribe through your Spotify, Apple, Himalaya as well because we need the audio subscription. It's different from the uh, YouTube subscription as well. So give us, show us some love. Give us both. Appreciate it. Coming up. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Definitely subscribe and uh, give us that feedback uh, on the audio versions uh, of the podcast. We definitely need your support. We need the continued support of all you guys that are, you know, tuning in every week. Uh, we're enjoying it. Uh, we're loving the feedback. And we're going to try to give you guys in return some good content, some good laughs, uh, some uh, great guests. So keep it coming. There it is. Get your popcorn ready podcast. Coming up next, Mark Jackson, NBA legend. Welcome to Get Your Popcorn Ready. It's your host, Hats, with my boy. You see that? You see how he do, Mark? He, he always trying to take over the show. 
I'm taking over the show, baby. It's my show today. I'm gonna have two guests on. I'm gonna have T.O. and Mark Jackson on. They didn't tell me I was coming on the hat show, just the hat show. <laughs> hey man, I'm glad. Hey, I'm glad somebody. We got somebody on some, some character, some substance around here uh, to let people know what it is. And if you need some prayer, we got somebody for that too. So yeah, now this is how you get your popcorn ready and the podcast get started. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, man. sir. Coming get to right it. into it, Mark. Yep. Get your popcorn ready podcast. In the building today, we got our boy Mark Jackson, NBA legend. And not only NBA legend, New York City legend, right? You played high school ball in Brooklyn. You went to St. John University, your first round pick of the New York Knicks. You own New York. Right, you own is that is that safe to say, Mark? You, <laughs> no, 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 that's not safe to say. I'm one of the guys that was blessed to come through those streets and those uh, historic playgrounds, and and obviously played like you touched on high school, college, professionally there. So it's it was a great run and uh, something I thoroughly enjoyed. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, like I said, you uh, got drafted by the Knicks. You then played for the Clippers, the Pacers, the Nuggets, the Pacers again, the Raptors, the Knicks again, Utah, Houston Rockets. Who didn't you play for, Mark? Uh, they, <laughs> that you would have liked to play for. How about that? <laughs> uh, nobody. I believe that uh, I was, you know, with, with the perfect situation for me and great teams uh, with, that had some some very uh, historic runs. Unfortunately, didn't have an opportunity to win it all, but was mm-hmm. part of some some uh, some talented teams and developed some incredible relationships that last a lifetime. Uh, yeah, you just said uh, something that 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 I can relate to. Uh, playing playing a sport, having a passion for it. Um, I wasn't by any means uh, considered a New York legend or anything like that. Didn't grow it, grow up in, uh, in 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 New York City, but you didn't win it all. Um, is there something uh, about you that that regret that you didn't win it all, or is that something or teams that you felt like had opportunities uh, to win it all but just didn't? Um, it just didn't happen. Well, I'm talking to two guys that's very familiar to what it takes to win it all. Uh, so I'm not speaking a foreign language. Oh, uh, Mark, there's no you're s- talking to one guy that knows. Yeah, you're right. Talking to me. You're right. Talking to me. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> I ain't trying to hear that. Go ahead, Mark. <laughs> no, I will say this. It, it takes a whole lot to be in a position to win it all. Mm-hmm. Um, there are t- there are guys that today are recognized as champions that we know good and well, basketball, football, nothing about them is championship other than the fact that they happen to be on a championship team. Right. They don't have championship mentality. They don't have championship attitude, approach, commitment, competitiveness. So I don't look at that as defining me as not a champion. A champion to me is a guy that grew up in Brooklyn, raised in Queens that had a dream. And all of a sudden you go from, from that dream at seven years old to being the worst player at, at, at seven years old on your basketball team, scoring one point an entire season. And mm. then three years later, you're the best player on that team. I humbly submit that's a championship. That's a champion to me. So I don't, I don't recognize that at all. There's so many guys that win a championship and then they feel empty. You look at the, the great Deion Sanders. He talked about winning a championship and then wanting to commit suicide that same night when everybody else was celebrating because it mm. didn't complete him. I'm complete as a, as a man and as a guy that had a dream as a kid. So just like you guys, I, I'm, I'm well aware of the fact, especially when you talk about T.O., it, it, is, it can't be disputed a top three receiver, and I'm being kind, of all time in the history of the game. Don't mm-hmm. tell me he's not a champion. A guy that played on a broken leg 
in a Super Bowl and was the best player on the field, don't tell me he's not a champion. Absolutely. Oh, wow. So, so, so speaking about that, you know, that deep desire, you're a kid, right? You, you sound like you were self-made. You went out and you put in the work, right? You got better every single year until you made it to the, to the NBA. So is that from, is that championship mentality taught to you or did you just inherit that through your work ethic? Well, it's a, it's a combination. That's a great question. I, I, I just want to correct you. You said self-made. I wasn't self-made. There was a lot mm-hmm. of hands on me, whether mm-hmm. whether neighborhood coaches, my, my obviously my parents who was married for 40 years before my, before my dad passed away, but instilled so much in me. So the habits, the great coaches, whether it be high school coach, Pat Quigley, that I still speak to today, my mm-hmm. college coach who just turned 96 years old, who promised my mom and dad that wow. not I'd leave as a pro out of, out of college, but I'd leave four years later as a man. He didn't mm-hmm. lie to them. So all of these people played an integral part of my success. And then the work ethic. I was fortunate enough to play, like you guys know, having OGs, having veterans that instilled stuff in you and showed you how to go about practicing and preparing. All those things played a valuable part of who I am, not just as a basketball player, but as a man today. That's yeah, awesome. yeah. I'm pretty, first of all, I appreciate those, uh, those compliments, Mark. And uh, I definitely can resonate with you. Um, because again, me being, you know, active on social media and obviously, you know, uh, with these platforms, uh, these fans have, you know, they feel like they have so much access to us and they know us. And um, I get that, you know, that comment all the time or somebody hating or saying that you don't have a ring, you're not a Super Bowl champion. Um, but yeah, I, I feel the same way in the sense of uh, just because I didn't win a, a Super Bowl uh, trophy, I don't have a Super Bowl ring. That doesn't mean that I didn't play. Uh, I didn't play as a champion, and you know. And I've said that before. And there's again, just because you have a Super Bowl ring, that doesn't mean you have uh, that 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 Super Bowl or that champion type mentality. Um, what do you think that you you kind of got that 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 work ethic, that mentality in which you just described? Where do you think you got that from? Because again. That's that's amazing for for someone like yourself to say, you know, the first year you scored one point and then the third year you become the best player on the team. Yeah. Well, where it came from, I always was a guy that was a gym rat. I always was a guy that stayed in the park, stayed in the playground. School soon as school was over, I was the first guy waiting for the other nine guys to come and play Mm -hmm. pickup ball. I I I stayed there till it got dark and then I did my work and repeated the same thing. The difference was uh, I was a high school All-American. I I decided to go to St. John's University. I went to St. John's University, and I'm from New York City, so I'm all thinking I'm that dude. Mm -hmm. I get there the first day of practice, and I promise you, I did not belong on the court. High school All-American, New York City zone, going to the school in his hometown, I didn't belong on the court. Uh, I realized right away I got to find the best player. The best player was Chris Mullen, Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. basketball player. I recognized that he was a gym rat too, but he Mm. wasn't just a gym rat. He was a gym technician. So while I was going through the legs behind the back, taking garbage shots, you know, making, you know, jelly layups and all of that, he was in there jab, stepping, jab, stepping, shooting jump shots, imagining a dude defending him. So it changed my approach. And what we did every single day is he was a great jump shooter, but limited as far as his ability to handle and make plays and get to his own shot. I was a great playmaker, but limited mm-hmm. in my ability to make shots. So I played tight on him and forced him to be a, a driver one-on-one every single day. And he played back off on me, forcing me to be a jump shooter. So mm-hmm. it was iron, shopping iron, and we worked on each other's weakness 
and improved one another. And if I had not gone to St. John's, had not ran into Chris Mullen, I wouldn't have made it to the league. Wow, wow. That's, yeah. that's crazy. That You yeah. know, so being, being at St. John, right? So was it a, a when you were at St. John, you were the king, right? Like you're, you're home. That was a dream come true. But when you go to the Knicks, now you're still in New York. Like how was that transition from, again, you found your Chris Mullins in, in, in college. Now who was your Chris Mullins when you got to the NBA? Two guys, Patrick Ewing, who was the best player on the team. Mm-hmm. That was a, a guy that we battled against in college. We both were number one on number one teams for, for, for the entire year. Basically, Georgetown, St. John's, legendary battles. He embraced mm-hmm. me. He was a leader of the team, but he, he was a leader in his, in his actions, not in his words. Mm-hmm. He wasn't a strong leader at the time verbally. So right away as a rookie, I became the leader of the team because one thing I could do is run my mouth and talk trash and do all these things. <laughs> no, not <Fine>. you. <laughs> so he opened the door. And then what you guys are well aware of also, having a coach in a Hall of Fame in Rick Pitino, the legendary mm-hmm. head coach, that allowed me to be a rookie and allowed me to be the leader. And right away, I was one of the captains of the team. He allowed me to play through my mistakes. And it was a difference maker for me. But the, the, I, I believe I'm the only guy in the history of sports uh, to be rookie of the year and live in his in his the same uh, house that he was raised in uh, during, that, <laughs> during that during that time. So I'm I'm, I'm rookie of the year. People say I'm the king of New York, but I'm in a room, one bedroom with my other three brothers. So yeah, it, it, it kept me humble and it made me appreciate what I was able to accomplish. Marcus, man, this is man, this is amazing. Uh, we're talking to to Mark Jackson. I mean, I mean, New York legend. I mean, he's a legend in my my eyes. Uh, we've had a chance to, to run across each other's paths a, a number of times. You've been very supportive of, of me and my career. And just listening to you, Mark, um, I, from the very beginning, it seems like you were a, a kid that was very aware uh, of really who you are, uh, your skill set. And then just listening at you, uh, say you walk into the gym and, you know, you took to Chris Mullen and you, you're starting to defend him and you guys both. I guess to make you a better player, you guys started to take each other's strengths away. Um, when you talk about being aware, uh, I'm aware of, of, of who you are as a person, a man, and, and who you were as a coach. And now you're or, or an analyst, a commentator. Can you shed some light on why you haven't been given the opportunity to coach again in the NBA? And do you want an really, opportunity as well? Well, great right. question. And, and do you want to coach? Because I know that over the last few years, there have been some coaching vacancies that I know that you could have very well, you know, filled those spots. Um, but for whatever reason, I haven't heard you know, your name come up in discussion. So that's what I'm aware of. So I want to know in your mind, what is it that you're aware of as to why you haven't been given those opportunities? I really don't know. And there's no side of me that's bitter. And I appreciate all the love that you guys have extended to me. and. You guys know me. This isn't just a podcast. You know who I am as a man and right. as a competitor. And we, we spent time, broke bread together and all those things. Uh, without a question, I want to coach again. Uh, if you told me that I'd never coach again, I'm not going to close my eyes for the last time and be disappointed and say, oh, shucks, I didn't get to do it. I want to be a head coach again. I thoroughly enjoyed my opportunity of coaching for three years, the Golden State Warriors, a team that made the playoffs one time in 19 previous years before mm. we got there. And then all of a sudden, they're a dynasty. Credit to Steve Kerr and what he was able to do. Outstanding guy, outstanding coach, and a credit to that organization. But for three years, we had an opportunity to change things around, to change the culture, to instill some things in guys 
and 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 I'm I'm proud of what we were able to accomplish, and I'm proud of, uh, and I'm forever indebted of the relationships that I was able to 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 uh, to to gather when you're talking about impacting lives and 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 having a relationship with guys beyond the basketball floor. That'll never mm-hmm. change. I still got nothing <clears throat> but love for those guys. <clears throat> Excuse me, but without a question. I do want to be a head coach in this league again. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we're sitting here talking to Mark Jackson, who was also the head coach of the Golden State Warriors 2011 to 2014. And again, so me and T, we're on the outside looking at this whole thing. And we're like, we know you were there before they became the dynasty, right? Mm-hmm. So in our eyes, we're like, Mark Jackson built the team. Like, yes, they're winning now, but Mark Jackson built that team. So... For us to, you know, we have our discussions and our and our fights amongst ourselves, but we want to put that narrative out there. Do you like to hear that? Like you take pride in, yeah, I had something to do with that build, or you're like, no, that's all Steve Kerr. No, no, no. And I and, and I humbly submit, Steve Kerr, no, it's not all him. And I know mm-hmm. it's not all me. Steve gotcha. Kerr did a great job of taking it from where it was and propelling it to where it is. Mm-hmm. Without a question. There's no hate. He's been nothing but outstanding to me and showed me love yeah. have respect for him he has respect for me this is not about steve kerr this is the three years that we were able to to to, to be at the helm and it's mm-hmm. just not about me you're talking about having a guy like steph curry who is the face of the franchise that if you had a choice to pick who you want to be a face of your franchise he'd be on that list of being the guy to be an example as mm-hmm. a person as a professional as a competitor everything about him when you're able to draft guys like Draymond Green and Harrison Barnes and Clay Thompson, mm-hmm. uh, it, it, those things play a factor. Nobody does it all by themselves. And it took a process for those guys to go from rookies that didn't know as much as they know today to propel them the way they are today. Uh, so it, it's credit across the board. My assistant coaches across the board. So all, mm-hmm. every, every, every factor, ownership, management, the decision makers, it's not, a, it's not about me. The whole culture, the entire culture changed. And I'm just fortunate enough that I played a, a little part in it. The frustrating thing for me is, even though I appreciate all the love that everybody extends to me, like you guys talked about, and, and T.O. can attest to this because I, I watch him in, in, in the gym and I watch him as a man, how the narrative is controlled as far as what type of individual you are. Mm-hmm. Are you yeah. kidding me? Wow. You can, you can, I'd rather you say that I can't coach a lick. Don't, tell, don't, don't talk about me as a, as, a, as a human being, as a man. Mm-hmm. I take pride in being a, being a, being a man. Talk about, talk about, you know, I can't coach. I'm a horrible at adjustments. I'm horrible defensively, offensively. All of that you want, that don't affect me. Mm-hmm. But right. don't tell me that I'm a bad human being. I take too much pride and I'm too much committed as a man, a father, a husband, to allow that to be, be, the, be the narrative. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, T, T, you play with T, you play with me, right? So we can go back to our Calabasas days, right? Played <laughs> Calabasas for years. No, no, hold on, hold on. I played with y'all. We cooked you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So so this so this hey, was the next your, question. So who okay, who is the best defender in the gym then, Mark? Who's the best defender in that gym? Um you got and you can't think of nobody else's name besides me, so you have to say me right now. I don't even <laughs> I mean you, you, Right. Who comes I'm, up with a question like, who's the best defender? Yeah, because I'm, like, I'm going who, Right. The, who's the best defender? Know, you already know where if, I, if I'm playing with, with Mitch Richmond and Jalen Rose and Mark Jackson, I can't say I'm the best player. So I'm trying to get him to say I'm the best defender. 
You know what okay, I'm saying? Okay, time out, time out. You did think you was the best player when you was on the court playing with us. You was delusional, but you thought that. <laughs> hey, that starts thing. in my mind. Mark, it starts and in your let's mind. Go, <laughs> let's go back to me at, at seven years old scoring one point that whole year. There was no side of me that, that went home and told my dad, but I was the best defender, Dad. Exactly. Dropping nothing but dimes. No pun intended. We dropping uh, dimes on this show. Man, you, you just you just dropped out of my top five, Mark. You just dropped out. Yeah. No, you're a heck, you're heck of a competitor no. and uh, a, a good basketball player that, that had some good days. And when you did have good days, you let everybody in the gym uh, no, absolutely. About. All right, you coming I, down? You coming down on the break? And you have T on one side, you have me on the other side. Who you giving the ball to? Man, you already know. Yeah. Thank you for answering, Tio. No, no, no. If, 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 you, if you have a, if you have a, 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 um, um, a Rolls Royce on one side, and with all due respect, a Volkswagen on the other. Wow. I'll cut. Hey, everybody clip this one off. Oh, man, we got love it. The Volkswagen is reliable and it's nice, but it's it's not a Rolls. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, hey, I ain't no Volkswagen. I'll let y'all hey, know that. Hey, man, first of all, Hatch, you need to stop, man. You digging yourself a hole. Just not get out of it. Just stop while you're in it. I'm, I'm coming up. I'm coming. I'm keep coming. <laughs> oh, my God. This is crazy. But, Hatch, I like what you um, I, I, I like what you alluded to. Um, when you talked about, obviously, like I said, you know, Mark, you know, uh, coaching, the, coaching the, the early youngsters and, and Draymond and, and Steph Curry and then Steve, Steve, uh, Steve Curry inherits the team. It's similar to that, that if you think about it, that 2003 Buccaneers team. You remember when Tony Dungy had inherited, the team, got um, fired or what have you. And, and then Gruden came in. John Gruden came over. And then I think he feels he feels a certain way because I just saw a, a clip of something uh, him saying that he kind of feels a certain way that the fact that they let him go. John Gruden inherits that team and then they they win. They win a Super Bowl champion. Um, but, Mark, you know, you talk about the young guys like Steph Curry and Draymond. Um, did you envision and I know I've heard you say that you saw the greatness, a little bit of that greatness and splashes in Steph Curry. Uh, Steph Curry played in the Southern Conference at Davidson. That's where I play. I, I played in the Southern Conference. A lot of people don't know. I, not only did I play football in the Southern Conference for UT Chattanooga, I played basketball he as well. You was on the team. Or you teach that new. was on the well, team. If that's the case, if, well, if you want to say that, I can I, I can echo those same those same sentiments with you and the, the Minnesota Vikings. You were just on the team. So back to my point, Mark. Um, did you where Steph Curry is right now? And he's basically he has blessed the NBA. He's a face of the Warriors. Um, definitely could be one of the obviously the top three faces in the national basketball association did you envision him being where he is right now and then just the the fact that he has extended his reign range well beyond mm. the nba range well I, I certainly did envision uh him being a spectacular basketball player he was already an incredible uh shooter of the basketball so he had that gift i watched him because i had the pleasure of being a teammate of his dad when I was uh, with the Toronto Raptors, uh, I played with his dad, who was a great shooter. And I watched 
Steph and Dale Curry. And Dale Curry. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Dale Curry. But I'd watch Steph and Seth, his brother, who's now playing with the Philadelphia 76ers. I'd watch those guys as kids come in after practice and shoot and shoot and shoot and play one-on-one and be around. So you thought that he got a chance. And then I had the opportunity to call because once a year we would do a college game as NBA announcers. And we went to Duke and Duke was playing against Davidson. And I watched Steph Curry be defended, manhandled, uh, game plan, strategy against boxing, won all sorts of defense. And he was best player by far on the court against mm-hmm. a Duke team that was loaded with McDonald's All-Americans and All-Americans. Mm-hmm. But I, I knew right away he could be, be, be a, a big-time player in the NBA. And having the privilege of coaching him, uh, I think that the key thing was because they had a culture that wasn't uh, conducive to, to winning and an environment that, that didn't really do him justice. So he had to clean out some of that stuff. And once it was cleaned out, I mean, he just give him the credit. He was a great worker, a great guy, uh, incredible inspiration for so many. Uh, he took, took the ball and ran with it, no pun intended. I'm proud to have coached him, but I knew right away because our first year we made the playoffs and then we, we wound up playing in the second year, we wound up playing uh, a Denver Nuggets team that was the three seed. We was a six seed. They won 57 or 58 games. Mm-hmm. We, we, mm-hmm. we went into the playoffs uh, hurt and uh, not fully loaded. We beat a, a three seed mm-hmm. starting three, three, three rookies, uh, one one uh, second year player mm-hmm. and, and 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 a veteran and you're wow. talking about Steph Curry, Harrison Barnes, Draymond Green, Fessel Zilli, uh, uh and Clay Thompson. I mean, you're Clay talking Thompson. about guys that you got guys that had no business in a playoff series, and right. you know what it takes to win. You not only have to have the the, the the talent, you have to have the experience and not being afraid of those bright lights. So mm-hmm. those guys give them a lot of credit. Uh, but it was it was really an honor, and I, I knew right away there was going to propel themselves to greatness because of the competitive spirit and you didn't have to beg them to go into the gym mm-hmm. you turn the lights on you're going to find those guys in the gym whether it be during the day or at night so it sounds yeah, like you're we, speaking can't, in- we, we can't ignore the fact mark jackson that you were the coach at that time as well right. so yeah they had obviously the skill set but you had to put those guys in positions to defeat that number three seed. So we're going to give you your roses. We're going to give you your just due because you have yeah. to put those those players and really you have to the really mindset. coach and then pre- prepare these guys going into a series like that and, and, and let them know that they can win, you know, when the outside world is not looking or expecting them to win. Yeah. And it's well, not like you. you're speaking, speaking a lot about their character, right? It's the character of the locker room. So put your hat on as Steve Kerr right now, right? You, it's, um, what would you do with one with Steph Curry didn't come to practice for seven days, you know, a whole week, maybe 10 days. I, mean, I know it's not in Steph's character that he would never do it. Clay would never do it. But how would you handle that the way, uh, you know, see what Steve Nash is going through right now and handling the Kyrie Irving situation? Yeah, with the well, fortunately, yeah, fortunately with 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 Kyrie's back and playing, and that hopefully has you know they've gone past that. Uh, I can only speak of what I know, and what I would do in that situation is sit him down and have a conversation with him. I can't guess. I can't say, well, where's he at and what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to develop a relationship with him where he's comfortable to talk to me. If his issues is he doesn't like the way I'm coaching, <clears throat> or he doesn't like this team. <clears throat> Oh, he doesn't like the way that things are going in America and he mm-hmm. wants to make a statement. Whatever it is, I have no problem with it. But we have to have dialogue so that there's an understanding. 
So many guys in this world and in this league and in professional sports and in life want to win. The problem is the ones that want to win on their terms. Mm. If you want to win, you want to win regardless. Mm-hmm. So if I'm talking to Kyrie Irving. I want to understand him and get, 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 get him to understand that it's, it's not just him. If this was boxing or tennis mm-hmm. or golf, then it's an individual sport where nobody pays the price for your individual decisions. There are guys that's making a commitment to me, to mm-hmm. you, to us as a team, and we have to understand the, the priorities and what they're putting on the table. If they're going all in, I need you to either go all in or fold. But I need mm-hmm. an understanding by having constant dialogue. Speaking of NFL Day, we have Super Bowl Sunday coming up in a few weeks, right? So ladies and gentlemen and pigskin fans, the moment you have been waiting for all season is right around the corner. The official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55 is bringing back their golden ticket giveaway with up to $55 million in prizes up for grabs. All you have to do is get your share of these huge prizes and enter DraftKings' free Super Bowl prediction challenge. Once you submit your picks, you will get a free instant prize up to $25,000. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, that's $25,000. And if you have the most predictions correct, you could win the top prize of $1 million. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code GPR to enter for free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. So use promo code GPR now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge. Only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Yeah, the, the younger players now, again, that the generation is so uh, me, 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 and it's about me and my brand and things of that sort. So it seems like it's hard to even, uh, like being the James Hard situation and before he got to Brooklyn, it's like, okay, he didn't return calls. You know, he's not even calling people back, you know? So it's like, yeah, you want to talk to him, but what if you can't even get him on the phone? But here's right, my well, problem. Think, yeah, yeah, I think what Mark and what you're asking has or, or you know, alluding to is that uh, this younger generation, you know, they feel sometimes that they kind of know it all and they're trying to get in lanes that they don't really need to be in. But really what it boils down to, and Mark said, it's it's about dialogue. And that just, that's just plain, simple communication. And that's something that I I know that I, I suffered. um, That wasn't my strong suit that I had no, not not wasn't isn't. It's still it's not. Your- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that that honestly, that that's something that I struggled with was communication. And for for me, like I said, I knew that part of that was probably due to my upbringing. You know, my grandmother was straight. We didn't really do a lot. We couldn't say a lot. Uh, we were just I was sheltered in a sense. And so now I get into this world of you know of, of sports, a professional league, and I'm and I'm having to deal with business people my teammates, this and that and the other. And I didn't really know how to, I didn't know how to really function in a sense. And so there were things where I was just more or less, I was quiet. I was to myself. And I think, you know, I look, I see a little bit of that in Kyrie and he wants to try to, again, uh, really, I guess, uh, address some of the social issues and the changes and things that are going on in America, but really doesn't have a really uh, a blueprint or a map in how to handle that. And I think that's where he's struggling. And as Mark said, I think his approach uh, should be okay. Let's have a let's have some communication. Let's sit down and see what the issues are 
Um, but but the way that he's going about it is not the way that, it, like like Mark said, it's going to be conducive for everybody on, on the team. But yeah, if you was an individual and you played an individual sport, then yeah, you're going to be responsible for the for those consequences. The consequences that you're going to have to uh, to deal with. Um, but yeah, go ahead, um, um, Matt, with your with, with the your rest of your question. Did you just but, call but me one? Matt? <laughs> Matt, that's, a, yeah, that's, that's, that's a mixture of Mark and Matt. right, but. But 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 to, 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 to piggyback what he just talked about, if, if we're talking about James Harden, an all-time great talent, uh, a guy that's in the MVP discussion for the last five years, um, there has to be some accountability ownership-wise or management-wise how we allowed this to fester. Mm-hmm. We allowed him to have a voice and do him all these years. Mm-hmm. Now, all of a sudden, you're mad when he does him. So mm-hmm. so it's, 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 it, it goes both ways. And the Kyrie's getting back to Kyrie. One thing I'd say to him is, man, I didn't know you you bought George Floyd's family a house. This is right. this is months old. When when he does something bad, we jump on it and and and, and you can't right. you can't you can't keep that in house. When he does something <laughs> like that, we gotta wait four or five months to find out that this guy that we've been right. badging and talking about something wrong with him, how he's impacting lives and making a difference, that should be celebrated and applauded right. and recognized immediately. But yeah. that's but but that's what <clears throat> Matthew was talking about earlier, and I've even I've even talked about Stop using that, my government name, man. <laughs> okay, my bad, Hatch. My, my guy Hatch. What my guy Hatch said earlier, um, or alluded alluding to, and Mark, you even said it too, is how the media can create a narrative to fit what they want. And as you said, it's a shame um, that they couldn't talk about these great things um, that he's done. And it's a list of things too. It's not just he just bought George Florida House. There's a number of other things that he did. Right, absolutely remarkable and, and admirable. Um, but it just shows you how the media is. Uh, they will basically tear a guy down before they build him up. Um, and I hate to just keep putting myself in a situation. But again, they did the same thing with me. I've done great things. Um, I, I, I'm not going to name them, but there's a number of things that I, I've, I've done that were very charitable um, for a number of situations and people. Um, but I never really had to or felt like I need to put it in the public to make me feel like or make make me seem like I'm a better person than what they have created. So it's a shame that he's had to go through this. And then all of a sudden now they want to they've talked about this guy. and He's addressed, you know, kind of what has gone on with him. Now they want to say, oh, well, he did this. He did that. That's that has nothing to do with anything. If you want to bring up all that, you should have been doing that, putting that at the forefront. You know what it shows also that he's not anybody's source. If he was somebody's sauce, he'd be in their hip pocket and they'd take care of him all day long. Because True. They, then they dress him up and clean him up. That's the way the game is played. Fortunately right. for him, he's not in anybody's hip pocket. So therefore, nobody's protecting him, covering or sugarcoating any mm-hmm. any 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 of his behavior. Right. There it is. Yep. So we're sitting here talking to Mark Jackson, the creator of Hand Down, Man Down. Here about let's let's start. Let's start. Take, um, take the direction to the bubble. How, how, what you? I know you were down there as an NBA commentator, right? You, you're working as a broadcast commentator for ESPN and ABC, so you had to do the games down there. What was that experience like for last season? Uh, first of all, I want to give credit to Adam Silver, the commission of the mm-hmm. NBA, and, and, and ownership, management, the players. Everybody was all in. They did an incredible job of making it a safe environment. Um, we weren't in the bubble. We was on the property. But in our own bubble, uh, we had an opportunity to, if we wanted to be in the bubble, but that would have kept us there the entire run. Uh, mm. We decided to go into a secondary bubble, which allowed us to come home 
you know, two or three times during the course of those whatever amount of, you know, cool. how, however long it was. So it, it made it a little bit easier for us. Uh, we had better food. Uh, we, <laughs> we were extremely safe. But it was it was a job well done across the board. I, I thought it was an amazing thing that they were able to pull it off. And you couldn't pull it off if you didn't have management, ownership, mm-hmm. players, coaches, everybody committed. It truly was. And I, I thought it was fast, fascinating that we were able to pull it off and, and crown a champion at the end of the day. Does oh, that change? So is that, that, yeah, speaking of crowning champion, <laughs> is, is there, because is there, I've heard a lot of guys, you know, in the streets, you know, a lot of basketball players, um, is there an asterisk, asterisk on this Lakers championship because it was played in the bubble? It wasn't traditional. Um, it, wasn't, it wasn't saucy. It wasn't glamorous. But they won a championship. So is there, in your mind, an asterisk on this championship by the Lakers. If you want to put an asterisk on there, I have no problem because you're right. It wasn't saucy. It wasn't glamorous. It wasn't traditional. And that's why you put the asterisk on there. It was actually, in my opinion, the hardest championship ever won. Mm. When you're talking about being separated from fans, separated from your family, wives, kids, loved ones, moms, dad, and some folks didn't see their mother and father for over a year. Think about mm. that. And, wow. and, and then you're playing in front of uh, no fans, fake crowd noise, uh, and, and and you're going and you're going back to the hotel, you know, it, it's it just it just me being there, not being a player, but experiencing some of the things it was it was it was tough. And I can understand. It, fortunately, I'm an I'm a older guy that's experienced things and I'm much more mature. But you put me as a 22, 23, 24 year old guy right. I, I'm right. locked in like that. That's a whole different animal. So I give those guys a lot of credit. And I believe that if there's an asterisk, it's one where the Lakers. Uh, should be recognized for winning the hardest championship in history, in my opinion. Wow. Yeah. I don't know. What about this year? Do you think that the second half of the season they're going to put the NBA back in the bubble? I don't think that they're looking to do that. I think that they're trying to be on top of every situation, making sure that guys are healthy and whole as mm-hmm. soon as something breaks out. Like you look at, unfortunately, with Memphis this week, three three games, I believe, have been canceled. Mm-hmm. So they're using wisdom. And hopefully, you look at football. Football was able to pull it off. Now, the yep. difference is they play once a week, and, right. and, and, and it's, it's a totally different animal. But I believe that in, in the commissioner's mentality and his mindset is to finish this season, uh, hopefully, because things get better and better and better as we move forward in the months ahead where we have control of this virus and, and mm-hmm. more and more people have, have been vaccinated. Absolutely. Are you, you going to get the vaccination? <clears throat> That's a great question. Uh, I, I listen to the experts. Mm-hmm. I look at the examples, and I think that uh, I'd rather have the vaccination than coronavirus. So, without a question, when you give me the option, I got to use wisdom <laughs> and make sure that I do my research, okay. and then and then and then make the proper decision. But absolutely, yeah, I, I had it. I had it. Uh, Nick and ET had it at the same time. I don't know how I hadn't seen him in like eight months, but. Um, but oh, yeah, really? I, 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 yeah, I didn't, again, it was like maybe three or four days where I was like really tired. Um, and I lost my sense of smell, lost my sense of taste, but I didn't have any other symptoms really. Like that was it. Like I, you know, no really sniffling, not nothing else. So it was kind of weird. I, I felt off, but I didn't feel sick. That was the catch when I didn't have it for that oh. long. I'm so glad yeah. that you guys are great. I'm so glad that you guys Absolutely. are doing well. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 it was something that I've never really experienced before. Um, I, I contracted a virus. I went on an impromptu trip to, to, to visit, see some friends in Tulum. 
And uh, I was I was pretty cautious for for the for the most part wearing masks this and that. And then when I got back, I, I left. I got to Tulum, uh, Mexico on a, on a Friday. Came back on a Monday. Uh, Monday evening I was cool. Uh, Tuesday I was fine. And then I had some friends that were supposed to be flying back to Miami uh, that Wednesday night. And I got a call and they were like, "Yo, um, it was like a group of us." They were like one of the guys that were on the trip with us. He just called me and said he tested positive for COVID. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. And so I hadn't really, really started feeling any symptoms. And she asked me, she goes, yo, what's your temperature? So I checked my temperature. It's like one, it's like 100.2. So I'm like, oh, my gosh. So then the next day, Thursday, got a got a test. Wasn't ready for 48 hours. But on Friday, I took a shower. I had started kind of feeling some symptoms. That's when I knew that I had it because I took a shower, started freshening up, and I couldn't smell anything. And then, Mark, when I tell you, it went straight downhill from there for about seven, eight days. I was done. I was floored. Body aches, chills, every skin, everything super sensitive, uh, loss of smell, really didn't have an appetite. Man, I was down for literally like almost 14 days and I lost probably like, about probably like almost 10 pounds. Um, but I'm thankful that I was able to again quarantine. I uh, basically isolated myself. I could I didn't go out of I didn't go out of the house or turn the TV on probably like for about seven, eight days because I was sleeping for literally probably like 18, 19 hours every day. Wow. As Ash mentioned, you're sluggish, you're tired, and that's one of the major symptoms of, of uh of yeah. having it. I'm, he I'm he was way worse than me, Mark. I call him and he's like, Man, I ain't doing too good. Like, man, get your <laughs> butt up, man. He about, <laughs> like about to go to the hospital, man. Get your hey, butt bro, up. <laughs> when I tell you, when I tell you it's real. It's, it, real. It, it, it's, it's real. It's real. And I've, I've never really gotten sick. And if I'm sick, I'm only sick for maybe maybe a day or so. But when I when I couldn't really do anything, I could, I could mark. I, I slept on my couch. I couldn't get up. So <laughs> it was joints, achy, uh, body, achy, everything. But yeah, and that's everybody, what I, but, be careful. Yeah, that's what <clears> I think about because that, that's not everybody's testimony. You think about mm. two prime athletes. One guy battled it for a couple of days. The other guy battled it for 14 days. There's 400,000 people that, that lost their lives. Mm, absolutely. That's that, That's why to me, I I, I get calls like, Yo, let's go grab a bite or let's go do it. We're not doing nothing. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do to make sure I'm in the best yeah. possible, uh, give my best, give myself the best possible chance to not, not, not acquire this nasty virus. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. you have to give those, those basketball players. Yeah. I, I mean, I commend those guys. I mean, you think about it. They played that shortened season, abbreviated season in that bubble, and they had no cases, no cases. So they basically kind of set the blueprint really for these other sports yeah. of really kind of how to do it. And it's really on the players. Uh, it's the responsibility and the accountability of those players. And it shows that if you're committed to something, it can happen. Uh, and so, then again, that's, that's, a, that's a testament. That's really a blueprint of what could be done inside and outside of your life. If you just basically commit yourself to something, the fruits of your labor will basically come to fruition. And to me, giving credit also uh, as a fan of the game, I, I don't think enough credit is given to ESPN, ABC, and TNT uh, uh, because those those cameramen, those announcers, those, those they, they 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 sacrifice those producers, those directors. They, they sacrifice also. So across the board, it was just uh, to me. There come a point where you, a documentary has to be done on the job that was done across the board by all. 
Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, I have a question, Mark. Unless I want to tap into the coaching aspect. I don't know. I think did we lose? Did we lose Hatch? Did Hatch not not pay his light bill or something? Because he is. T- T- hey, To the power of prayer. It's supposed to be me and you anyway. <laughs> exactly. That's right. Welcome to everybody. Welcome to Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast with your boy To. I have my guy, special guest, NBA legend, New York City legend. NBA analyst Mark Jackson is in the building. Mark drops some, he's about to drop some, some gems on us. And Mark, I, I have a question. I want to tap into your to your basketball mind. Um so we, we 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 alluded to and we talked a little bit about James Harden earlier. Um him, you know, basically kind of just basically forcing himself uh out of uh Houston. Now he's on the Brooklyn Nets. And Kyrie had his little issues, had a little hiatus. Um Everybody was kind of waiting to see how James Harden was going to mesh with the three of them. But obviously, uh, Kyrie, hiatus, hadn't joined the team. But you think about the way that he and uh, he and KD played um, those couple of games, few games before Kyrie uh, got in the mix. And then you have Kyrie that just came in and played just as recently, uh, and, and they lose. Let me tap into your mind of how – because you've done it with some youngsters, some some superstars before. How would you implement these three players? Um, you know, because all of them are extraordinary talent, can shoot the ball. But how would you implement, you know, these – I wouldn't say they all have egos because Kevin Kevin Durant, he doesn't strike me as one of those guys. But how would you implement these three guys into a – I guess into a season and getting the best out of all three of them? Well, to me, the, the easy one would be Kevin Durant because he's a walking bucket. And he's going to get 30 just by being on the floor. If you don't run anything for him, his skill set, his ability to shoot the basketball, his size, he's going to be able to get his. Does not need the basketball to score. Uh, and what I mean by that is dribbling the ball, pounding, isolation, pick and roll. He can get his just by being on the court. So he's the easy one. For Harden and Kyrie, that's going to take some sacrifice. Uh, and there's going to be nights where you're going to get 10 shots, 12 shots, where you're used to having 20, 25 shots. The game will dictate who gets the basketball. When you're talking about three guys that have an opportunity to, to, to respond to anything the defense can throw at them, you have a legitimate weapon. And with Kyrie, with, 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 with KD, and with James, you got three guys that are proven to be able to take over an offense at any point. So just having a dialogue with them and letting them know that there are going to be moments where we're going to run through KD. There's going to be moments where we're going to run through James. There's going to be moments where we run through Kyrie. There's going to be moments where Joe Harris, the fourth guy on the team, is going to be right. in the hot hand, and we're going to have to run action for him. Again, how committed are you to being a champion and winning? And I believe those guys have championship mentalities. They just haven't had the championship jewelry to prove it. Uh, and, and they're going to have an opportunity when it matters most to be the best team standing. I don't think their issue will be offensively. To me, their issue will be how committed are they on the defensive end of the floor getting stops when it matters most. And you don't just turn that on and off. That's a steady commitment of getting stops defensively, which will make them a great team and awfully tough to beat. Yeah, the last game that I that I saw, and that was uh, the, the first game that all three of them were back uh, on the team and on the floor together. Uh, they played the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, fortunately, they lost that game. They go into two overtimes. Um, really, I don't really think it was much of what they did as opposed to what Colin Sexton was doing. Uh, this guy got hot. I mean, he was hitting threes like they were layups. 
And so he kind of propelled them to their win for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But I, I saw I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a basketball guy. I try to watch and see how these guys are evolving, how they play together. And for me, uh, with Kyrie, obviously all the ball dominant. When you think the two ball dominant guys on the team, that's that's James Harden and Kyrie Irving. And I just saw a stretch. And this is for me, I thought it was very selfish of Kyrie because he hadn't been with the team in X amount of days. Obviously, uh, he's uh, uh, Kyrie hasn't been on the team for X amount of days. And obviously, you know, he hasn't been in, in, in chemistry, hadn't had a lot of practice with these guys. And he came down the floor and just really was just, you know, taking, I think, some bad shots, you know, late in, the, in, in those games where I thought he should have probably, you know, deferred to either James or KD. Or I felt like at that particular time, this is a time to really see what you can be, be become down in the stretch of the season into the playoffs. I felt like maybe they should have tried some, some pin downs, some pick and rolls things of that nature. And do you think Steve Nash will use these games, uh, The I guess the next maybe stretch of games, i say up to 10 games to see how they work, how they gel together, how they play to, uh, on the floor together to kind of, I guess, give him a vision of what can happen in the future, being that they make the playoffs? Well, I think with, with, with Steve Nash, you got to understand that he's a new coach and this is his first experience. So every game is a learning experience for him. Right. And when you look at Kyrie, James, and KD, it's a gift and a curse, the ability to single-handedly win a ball game. So we look at <laughs> Kyrie last night against Cleveland, and we say, mm-hmm. man, he was he was trying to go into his bag and win the game by himself. Right? You know, didn't, he do, didn't he do that with that game-winning jump shot over Steph Curry in, in Oakland right. in the championship? Mm-hmm. So the same thing that propels him to being a champion, sometimes it, 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 it forces you to be questioned. You understand that, and then and then you, you you basically talk to all three of those guys. There's going to have to be a level of sacrifice from each of you guys, and there's going to be nights mm-hmm. where it's going to look great, and there's going to be nights where it looks like we don't have the full chemistry. We can't overreact every single night. Let's continue to press towards ultimately when the lights are brightest, playing our best basketball. We have a guest. We have a new guest. Hi, hi. I, I, I <laughs> see he's back. I didn't, I didn't want that to go unnoticed. He is back. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. He is back, things. ladies and gentlemen. I don't know what happened. I thought it was y'all. Y'all froze on my screen. I'm like, y'all y'all stuff is broke down. You know what hey, I'm man, saying? We, hey, I'm going to tell you. Just flowed, hey, we, it just flowed I'm, effortless. It was just like you wasn't even here, dog. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna tell you, it was the best five minutes of the show. It was the best five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be oh. put it lightly. Yeah, put it lightly. Wow. that's okay. That's okay. No, oh, but no. yeah, man, we were just talking about. Uh, we were just talking about. Yeah, you know, again, the, uh, the chemistry of uh, the three in in yeah. in, uh, in Brooklyn and how he. I told him, I I yeah. I, I kind of tapped into his basketball mind as far as you know how he saw this going and how what he would do with those three. Uh, those three dynamic players in yeah. KD, James Harden, and, and, and Kyrie. Let's see, but they have to understand the offense, the op- offense come and go. Defensively, you uh-huh. can do that every single night. So that's right. got to be their mentality. Defensively, yep. we're going to win it all. Yeah. Are I, you I, surprised? Are you surprised or shocked that obviously it, it you know, leaving Houston, with, you know, speaking of James Harden, it didn't, <laughs> it didn't go well. Um, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, back and forth going by, uh, back and forth going back with uh, with some of the players, and he, um, you know, and how he departed, how he came back to uh, the Rockets when he had his little hiatus. Um, but what you shot the first game, he had he had a triple double, yeah. uh, 32, 14, and eleven, or something like that. 
Um, and then he followed it up with another triple double. He had a loss against uh, in the in the loss against the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. He had another triple double. Um, is it? Do you think that he was playing possum with his game before he left? Uh, you the Houston think, Rockets, and then all of a sudden he just turns it on. Is that part of? Was that you think that was part of him trying to get out of Houston and land himself elsewhere? I think his comments in the press conference, his comments before and after practice. I think in the games he wasn't playing possum. I think he just let go of the rope, mm-hmm. so he wasn't as engaged that he, as, right. he, he he no longer wanted to be part of it. And that's yeah. that's yeah. that's a huge piece of the puzzle. If I want to get up and go to the gym and I want to give work. That's totally different if all of a sudden I'm just getting up and I don't feel like putting on my sneakers. I get to the gym, you don't be like, yo, Mark going through the motions. It, it's not uh, a decision that I made. It's just my mentality as soon as I woke up this morning. I didn't want to be part of it anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the difference with the James Harden that we saw at the end of, at the end of his time in Houston. How bad, as a coach, how bad does that hurt the locker room when you have one guy in the locker room, on the team, not just going through the motions? You can sabotage it. And, and if he's a 12th man, maybe it don't affect you as much. You can right, overcome right. it. When he's the clear best player on the team, mm-hmm. that, that, that's going to damage you. You have to make a decision as an organization. We got we, we to get the best we can, either by mm-hmm. talking to him and getting him out of this funk and wanting him to be part of it, or we have to just, you know, cut our losses and make sure we maximize what we get in return when we trade for him, which they, 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 they did. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know old school mentality. I wouldn't have sent him to Brooklyn his, 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 his desired location or destination, mm-hmm. uh, doing him a favor, giving him a chance to win it all, I would have I made sure only way he goes to Brooklyn is if it's the best possible package that I'm getting in return. That's the only way I'm sending him to Brooklyn. Uh, and they didn't do that, I don't, I don't think so. Do you think, are they going to challenge the Lakers? Do you think they can challenge the Lakers? Or will they even make well, it they, to the conference finals? To me, I, 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 I watch games every single night and I cover games and all of that. I have not seen a team this year where I think that team can't be beat. So I wouldn't automatically put the Lakers in the finals, even though they're the favorite and they're the yep. best team. I think they can be beat. And the same way when you talk about Brooklyn and Eastern Conference, I think that they are they are a favorite when you talk about those three home run hitters in the middle of their lineup, but they can be beat because of their flawed uh, on the defensive end. And, and I, I think it's it's a chemistry issue too. Do they get it right, right. Uh, individually and collectively? So it's going to be a, it's going to be an exciting uh, rest of the season and come playoff, I think there's going to be some great matchups. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You talk about commitment and, and and to to not only just the offensive end but the defensive end. And and, and just as you alluded alluded to, um, nobody really saw nobody nobody really saw a couple of years ago the Toronto Raptors winning the championship right. with uh, with uh, um, Kawhi and Kawhi Leonard being there his first year. Um, that was something like I said they had to develop some some chemistry. And he had to develop some chemistry with those guys, those nucleus guys, and then take that into the playoffs. That's that's not, Mark, you know, that's not easy to do. Everybody has to buy in. Everybody has to be committed. And obviously, you got to have some superstar players. And then there were some guys on different nights that showed up. Some nights it was, uh, some, some, it was Siakam. Uh, some nights it was uh, Lowry. Uh, there were times, like I said, uh, Kawhi, he, he hit the big shot. Right, right. exactly. He, hit the, yeah, he hit the big shot. Uh, in the corner uh, against the Sixers to put them uh, over the hump. When you think about, again, where we are now, uh, the year after the bubble, and as you said, anybody can get beat. And I'm especially, you you talk about out of the East. You know, there are some great teams in the East. You got the Boston Celtics. They played well last year. They're not playing particularly well this year. 
But I think once the playoffs roll around, they'll get dialed in and then they'll start competing because, as we all know, well, I ain't going to say we all. I think me and you know, Mark, that, that the regular season and the playoffs is a big difference because it's a half-court game once that once the playoffs starts. And then you think about the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that's where they're going to struggle because you talk about Giannis. He plays well during the regular season, but he struggles in parts of his game that's really, really not conducive to the half-court game. He's going to have to develop mid-range. He can't Euro two-step two step his way to a championship. That's why I feel like they're going to struggle. Who out of the East you feel like is going to represent? Like you said, it's anybody's team, but you knowing you watching basketball every night, if you had to make a pick, who's coming out of the East? And we all know that out of the West, the Lakers are the favorite. Who do you see the two coming out of the East and the West for the championship? Well, the, the Lakers are the favorite in the West. The Clippers are a dangerous team right? Um, because they have talent. And the ability of having, you know, especially two guys, Lou Williams got to get his rhythm back. But when you mm -hmm. look at Kawhi and Paul George, the ability to take over games and be the best player in a series, they have that. So they're a dangerous team, along with other teams in the West. And if they get hot, mm -hmm. they can beat. They can beat the Lakers or the Clippers. When you're yep. talking about the East, I think it's wide open. You talk about the, the flaws of, of, uh, of, of Giannis and his inability to take and make jump shots or mid-range games. But they right. did a better job of surrounding them with talent and proven guys. So will they finally get over the hump and be able to make plays and, and take the challenge of elevating their game when it matters most? Boston is a team. Is Kimball Walker going to be healthy and whole? Because mm -hmm. now all of a sudden you got Tatum, Brown, and Walker, the mm -hmm. ability to take over games. So there's, there's some teams that – you look at Philadelphia. Joel yeah. Embiid with Doc Rivers. Joel Embiid, it, it, to me, is not, with all due respect to Jokic, and he's a great player – Averaging mm -hmm. a triple-double. But Joel Embiid today is the best big man in, in, in the game because I got no answer for him because mm -hmm. I have nobody that can defend him. He is too strong, too skilled, too scout, too talented, a guy that can post up and also shoot the three and be dominant on the floor. So I think I, I don't know if there's a clear-cut favorite in the East and West. I think there's a bunch of teams that's, mm -hmm. that's dangerous. And, and when you look at Brooklyn, you talked about Kawhi with Toronto. Well, Kawhi was a clear-cut number one option. It was, it was a pecking order, and everybody understood it. Imagine if I was a football coach, an offensive coordinator, and I got T.O., Jerry Rice, and Randy Moss. Who's the number one receiver? Everybody states the case, and they got a legitimate case, but I got to send a message that you got to buy in and do it by committee and understand that yep. some nights it's going to be T.O., some nights it's going to be Jerry, some nights it's going to be Randy. Mm -hmm. Are we committed to win it all by, by sacrificing individually and collectively? And I think that's going to tell who wins it all. Well, let me ask you this. I love, I love this Luca guy. Love him. What Luka is Dallas? What is Dallas missing that is going to get them over the hump to be to go on a run, to go on a dynasty run, that three to five year run? Well, Luke is a guy that will one day win MVP. Absolutely. He's a top five talent in this league today. He is an absolute home run talent and a franchise Absolutely. guy. To me, when you look at that Dallas Mavericks team, uh, Porzingis being healthy is going to be key. They need yeah. him to be healthy. They need him to to to, to be able to you know, play minutes, extended minutes, because mm -hmm. he's a matchup. He's a matchup problem. At 7'3", yeah. another guy that can iso, handle, mm -hmm. shoot the three, got size. So Luca needs another guy on the floor. <clears throat> and Porzingis is that, that guy that creates matchup problems. And uh, if he's healthy, they're a different team. Okay, got you. Okay, let me get, let me get you some basketball stuff. I want to put you back at the point guard for, <clears throat> for a little bit. So you're the point, right? So give me your all-time favorite starting five. 
You're the point guard. Who's your two? Who's your two guard? I'm not. I'm not the point guard because if I'm picking a starting five all time, I'm not putting myself in there. Well, no, but this is. But this, I'm, you not, know, that, I'm, I'm not, not that arrogant. Hey, this is not you. Yet. I, 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 not I, I thought I, I thought I was talking to T. I'm sorry. You're right. I'm talking to Mark. You're right, Mark. Oh, let yeah. me rephrase that. that. <laughs> yeah. Wait so, Mark, who, who's your top five starting five? Yeah. And I got I got one after after this for you too. So again, who who will go? So who would you point at the point then? Oh my goodness! You know what, Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. That's your point guard. Okay, who's gonna be your number two? Figured I know this one. You go play Michael Jordan. Yep. Okay, so who's your number three? Small forward ish. Man, this is tough. Yeah, man, that's tough, Mark. We, hey, 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 we, <laughs> hey, we, we ain't gonna sugarcoat that for you, right? We ain't gonna <laughs> give you no easy streak. Okay, you know, start over, start over, start over. Okay. Top five. Um, to me, Magic Johnson is the greatest point guard that's ever played the game. Okay. And and, and 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 so I say that to give you my top five. Okay. Will Chamberlain at the five. Will at the five. <laughs> Way to get some respect to the Wilt. <laughs> Wilt the I mean, I think that's 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 that that needs to be said because a lot of guys like myself, we didn't really see Wilt play, and that's what was missing with some of these young youngsters that try to put everybody that they've seen that they play see, in their right. top yeah that they see in their top five mm-hmm. so they just feel like you know out of sight out of mind that they're not relevant but right. you have to go back in history sometime to really you know solidify what we're seeing today and i just i just changed my five because all along before you ask this question i always ask myself this and i had a five but i just strictly i just just this moment i've changed my five so wilt is my starting five Okay. Michael Jordan is my starting two. Yep. Okay. Kobe Bryant is my starting small forward. Ooh, okay. I love it. Respect. <laughs> and who's at the big? Who's who's your number four? The big four. The four in them. I'm, yeah, the four in them. <clears throat> I'm changing the game, playing today's rules, and my starting power forward is Kevin Durant. Ooh. Ooh y'all put y'all goes average two hundred a game. Magic at the point. Jordan. No, I didn't say that. No, okay. I didn't say that. Okay. Nah. He, he, as so my point guard, right, I, but I, not... changed, I am putting LeBron James as my starting point guard. Wow. Ooh. LBJ, Jordan, Kobe, Durant, and Will starting five. That's a heck. That's a heck of a lineup. That's a heck of a lineup. Okay, yeah, I got, I got, a, I got, a, I got a harder one for you though, right? So you you can only start one, bench one, or cut one, and you go hate me for this one, dog. Start. <laughs> Start one, bitch. Cut. Bench one and cut one. Steph Curry, Reggie Miller, or Larry Bird. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Start one, bench one, cut one. Reggie as a Miller. player or shooter? As a player, as a, or shooter, as a shooter. As a shooter. As a wow. shooter. You got three seconds on the clock. You got you. You coming down, and he's Ooh, sitting Mark. in the corner. Hey, you thought we were just—you thought we were just <laughs> the football players over here. Hey, Mark, we coming with that heat. You better get your popcorn, yeah, ready, Mark. Get it ready. Start one, bench one, cut one. You got Steph Curry. You got Reggie Miller. You got Larry Bird. Yes. I'm about to pull a hatch and disconnect for about five minutes. <laughs> um, and there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. As soon as he gets no. back, we will resume the show. <laughs>
<laughs> no, I, 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 Reggie, I've been alongside of him, so I know his greatness. Absolutely. Um, and I'm the godfather of his son and right. love him like a brother. So, but that, I'm not going to be biased. Mm-hmm. Steph Curry, the way he shoots off pick and roll, off down screens, off dribbling, uh, the greatest shooter. So, Steph would start. Okay. Reggie would be off the bench. And Larry Bird, who coached me and is an all time great shooter and player, right. without a question. This is no disrespect when I got to bench somebody. Of course, of so, course. Right, you got to start somebody, Larry, you got to bench somebody, you got to cut somebody. Hey, that's the name Larry of the game. Larry wow. Legend's got to be benched. Uh, did you ever think that those words would come out your mouth? Larry Legend got to be on the bench. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I think I'd be fired. Right, right, right. Oh, snap. Okay, last last one. You're, you're a point guard. You know the game. You know from 1920 to 2020. Who's your top five point guards of all time? You can put yourself Magic back. Magic number one. Okay, match one. This guy that's number two in my question, in, in my opinion, doesn't get enough credit and is, is in my opinion, mm-hmm. clearly the second best point guard I've ever seen in my life. And I had the privilege and honor of playing against him is Isaiah Thomas. When you're wow. talking about Isaiah Thomas winning two championships <clears throat> and <clears throat> leading a Detroit Piston team, um, and going against him, I could tell you he was just incredible. So he'd right. be the second best. Mm-hmm. And then... um. I don't know. John Stockton's in the discussion. Stockton, yeah. You lead, and your all-time leading leader in assists and steals. Yes. Um, uh, I'm going to go with Jason Kidd. Mm-hmm. You go, you, go, you, go, you go slide AI in there, or AI is not in there because of the uh, not the assistant. He was a, a scorer at the point position. but See, my, my thing about AI, he's an all-time great player. Hall right. of Famer and a guy that competed as, as much as anybody, he mm-hmm. wasn't a point guard. Eric Snow started at the point guard position. So right. I don't even – I'm not disrespecting him, but I don't put him on the right. point guard list. I right. put him on right. the shooting guard right. list. Um, right. I think you can go anywhere. You can go You can go with Steph Curry. You can go with um, uh, Steve Nash. Mm. You can go with Gary Payton. There's some great Ooh. ones. So I don't want to be disrespectful. Absolutely. Be safe, I, I'll, I'll put Steph Curry in there. Okay, there it is. Yeah, yeah. It ain't no disrespect, everybody. We just out there, you know. Mark's giving his opinion. He loves you know all, today, you know? They're taking his disrespect. They're Already, disrespect. Even though I didn't put myself in there, I got no. <laughs> and I'm all right with that. I'll put you in there, buddy. You're in my top five, buddy. You're in my top five. That's Mark Jackson, ladies and gentlemen, on Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast. We appreciate you coming on, man. Spend some time with us, buddy. Yeah, man. Yeah, appreciate you, you so much. You guys are legends. Doing an awesome job, man. Nothing but love from my end, man. Man, Mark, the, the, you don't have to be political, Mark. There's the only <laughs> legends on here are me and okay, you, you're right. Mark. You're right. No, Mark, you're right. Let's just keep no. it real. We're keeping it 100. Okay. Don't get caught now, Mark. Let me, let me take that back. <laughs> Ash, it's a pleasure being on. Got love for you, man. Respect. T.O., you're a legend, man. Hey, we're going to cut. Make sure y'all can hit that second one out. Hey, man, we can't do nothing but appreciate honesty. That's what this show is about. Mark, you you say it or you think it, we say it. That's what that's that's just our model. No, you, know I mean? you people... say it. Nobody else say it but you. You say it. Hey, <laughs> hey trust me. A lot of people uh, think it, but they don't say it. But on the Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast, 
we give you what you're asking for, and we'll give you what you want. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, NBA legend, New York King, Mark Jackson. And I'm looking forward to you. I'm looking forward to you getting that head coaching job in the near future. I'm not giving up hope. Like I said, I know you're a man of faith. I know know, that's that's been a part of who you are, the fabric, the DNA, to be the man that you are. I have no doubt, Mark, somewhere in the near future, you will have a head coaching job and you will be hearing from me. That's going to be my first, it will be one of your first texts. Congratulations, (laughs) Mark, head coach, to be, yeah, to be determined. I receive it, man. Appreciate it, man. Absolutely. Yeah, you gotta, hey, you gotta put it out there in the universe, man. No question. Speak it into an existence. No question. All right. All right, man. Take your time. What's up, too, man? Yeah. We'll do, man. Keep rolling, man. Stay safe. All right. All right. Appreciate. Peace. Oh, Mark. And before you go, man. Hey, I know I, I got. I don't know if you drink wine or not, but uh, I got my wine. Uh, on the on the market right now. I'm gonna get this to you. Uh, yeah, check it out. If you like a, a red, it's a cab blend or what have you. Um, Absolutely. You know, I know. I look forward to it, man. Yeah. What's the name of it? Eighty one. Eighty one. That's a cab blend. You should have known, right? You should have known. Eighty one. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for mine. Yeah, a lot of my listeners out there, if you want to go check this out, uh, you can go to eighty one vino.com. The Vino is like a, Kobe was my guy, so it's a little nod, nod to him. So I'm very, I'm very creative. I came up with a lot of the, the aesthetics of the bottle. Very, very involved. You know, even from the from the taste of it, it's not it's not a full bodied uh, cab. This is a cab blend, ninety five percent cab, five percent Syrah, uh, made from, from plum preserves. Uh, you know, spicy toasted oak, um, ripe cherry. So if that's for your palate, eighty one is for you. Congrats, man. I look forward to it. No doubt. There it is. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Jackson. All right, brother. Peace. All right. Peace, y'all. All right, Mark. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. The NBA king, the king of New York, Mark Jackson, was in the building today on Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. So right, we, was, talk, we was talking it. basketball, not just no, me. I love we it. was I love talking it. basketball. Hey, hey I'm a, I'm a, I, I love it, man. Whatever, you, I'm going to let you get out what you need to say, and then I'm going <laughs> to give my rebuttal, um, you know, best, a, a diligent rebuttal at that. So, man, say whatever you got to say. Get it, get it off your chest. Well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying nothing. I'm just saying we was talking basketball because again, there's more to basketball than just being the most athletic person on the court, which you are still not. So I know my basketball. I know the positions. I know the. I know probably more the techni- technical stuff more than you do, but you think you do because you take twenty five thousand shots. You think you can play basketball? That ain't well, it. Hey. Hey, but some of the greats have taken a lot of shots. You think of yeah, but you're not the great. But just think about the late great uh, Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? Not I put myself yourself, in, I mean, no. Because again, he took a lot, a lot of guys criticized him because of just what you said. He took a lot of shots. So in your in my defense, you're saying that I'm not great because I put up a lot of shots. Yeah, just the same as you said er, alluded to earlier. <laughs> I may have dropped a lot of balls, but I caught a lot of, a balls, lot of balls at the same time. So. <laughs> Everybody, uh, welcome to get your popcorn ready. That's how we hey, do it, baby. <laughs> my IQ, my basketball IQ is way higher than this cat over here. No, it's um, not. Who, who claims no, it's to not. be, you know, my 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 the, the host with me. Um, I mean, he talks a good game, but he doesn't have anything to support what he's saying. And we have Mark Jackson on the show today that basically dispelled anything about him being a basketball player that he tried to change the narrative 
Change the hey, question. My man, not to, my not man not called me a Volkswagen. <laughs> that's, that's what you, hey, hey, Mark is an honest guy. You know what I mean? Mark, it's I can't believe you guy. did me like that, my guy. He called me a Volkswagen. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, my God. Hey. Uh, hey but you, I, I'm the Rolls Royce. No, he's like, man. I mean, I, um, I, 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 you know, I might send Mark about two or three bottles of wine because he put me in the high... Man, the high uh, tier of, of, of automobiles. When you I'm talk a, about Rolls hey, Royces? Before you send it, give it to me. I'm going to spike it with some acid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Believe me, Mark. That's all right. Oh, man. When he said Rolls Royce, I'm like, okay, what car is he going to say next? Is he going to say like a Mercedes? Right, or right. Like I, I, is he going right. to say like a... My man went to a club. <laughs> man, he, 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 you a Volkswagen, dog. That's, uh, yeah, I'm going to get him back for that. That's all right. But, no, we appreciate you coming on, Mark. Jay, you say showing up some love. It's the old homie. Yeah, we used to go hey, to Calabasas this, and this, have battles. This for our listeners. This for our listeners that are tuning in every in, in every week. Hey man, quit quit bringing up basketball question as to who's better or whatever. Because right now, I, you, I don't know how many guests that we've had on. And you've asked that I'm question. Better. You are over. You are over. If you haven't you haven't won any of these debates as far as basketball. I, I, don't, I don't I don't need to win any debate. Yeah, the you debate, do because that's no, why no, you no, no, no. The, yeah, the debate is every time the day, to the point. The, no, but if, if me and you are on the court, that's what settles it. I don't care about nobody's opinion, dude. You've all, you don't change the you don't change the narrative now to like who plays better defense. Who who says that? Who asked that question? Because you've already in your mind, Didn't everybody has already established for you. And which which Mark, like I said, he's not a doctor by any means, but I will agree with him. Doctor delusional. You're a bit delusional Absolutely. in your approach to who's better in basketball. But Absolutely. the fact that you've even changed the narrative to not to now because you've already you've already yeah. accepted that you're not a best, better basketball well, player. Well, if, if you're if you're in the gym with ten other NBA, nine other NBA guys, right, who's played ten plus years, mm-hmm. you're probably not the best basketball player in the gym. Would you agree with that statement? Right there's, there's 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 not there's nine other NBA guys that played ten more years or more. That's at the I, gym. I would, I would, I, yeah, I, I right? give you that. I so, give you so that. all I was saying, like when we played out in Calabasas, it was all NBA guys. So I wasn't the, I couldn't say I was the best because then I was really going to sound delusional, even though I really wanted to say that. But I was going to sound delusional. But even so I, I did. Of, even if I was one of those nine guys or, or or in the gym with those NBA guys, you still wouldn't be the best. You still wouldn't be the best. If me and you are in the gym, I'm going to be the best. No, you're not. <laughs> I can say you're delusional. Mark just basically agree to disagree. Okay, that's all. That's always going to be a constant with us. Always, that ain't going to change, ladies and gentlemen. Just saw y'all had to hear all that banter back and forth. Right, that's what we do. So let's get to what's really at hand right here. Let's get to the the the, the segment that I always enjoy. Uh, Mm This very, I think, uh, I guess, educational, uh, reflective of the entire show, and that's our three and out. And our our three and out is is really kind of summation a summation of of what we imported things that kind of just stuck out or struck struck us uh, during the conversation. And so, uh, number one, what do you think uh, uh, it would be? I would say it would be the time that I guess he got to St. John's. Yes. And yes. He, 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 he saw Chris Mullen. He gravitated toward uh, Chris Mullen. And he saw that, you know, Chris Mullen, he was uh, he's a fundamental. He was a technician, mm-hmm. uh, a good shooter. 
Um, and he realized, Mark himself, he realized, okay, well, I'm not a great shooter yet. I'm more athletic than Chris. So when they defended each other, they basically, he said, basically his words were iron sharp, sharp and sharp and iron. So yep. basically, he basically took away uh, Chris Mullen's strength and vice versa. Chris Mullen took away his strength, with, which was Mark's uh, athletic ability, his driving ability to get to the basket. And that's how he got better as Absolutely. an athlete. And I think, like, so especially for the uh, younger athletic uh, listeners out there, when you guys are trying to go to the next level, you're going to have to find a mentor in what to do and how to do it and use that person as, you know, get all of those questions answered on how do I get better? Or how do I become great? Because there's probably somebody already there who can help you throughout that process. So I appreciate that story from Mark as well. So then I think yeah. uh, the number two, I think um, how he said that as uh, as him being a head coach and looking for other head coaching opportunities in the future, that he's still not bitter on what happened to Golden State, but at the same time, uh, don't have the wrong narrative out there about him. Is right. The narrative about his coaching is one mm -hmm. thing. A narrative about his uh, personality is something totally different. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, I, I, I can empathize with him. Um, with those feelings, because uh, we're all human beings and you don't want people, you know, thinking negatively uh, about about you, your character, um, because at the end of the day, um, you can say all day about what I didn't do in the football field or my skill set, this and that and the other. But when you start attacking my character, um, that, that that's another thing. And I think, you know, that's what where Mark is in his career. Um, at the end of the day, if he never gets a a coaching job, again, he said he's not going to lose sleep. Uh, but the fact that, you know, you you have people behind closed doors and they're creating uh, these whisper pods and uh, creating this uh, this narrative uh, that he's some type of uh, bad individual, um, that's, that, that's not cool. Um, just tell the guy that he can't coach. And I think it's more accepting uh, and, and to go on with his life, but to, to continue – uh, to have someone of his basketball mind, um, his experience um, on and off the basketball court, and he was a he was once a uh, once a head uh, basketball coach, yep. and to not be able to secure uh, an, an NBA uh, head coaching job, um, I think is a is a travesty. It's a shame. Absolutely. And our, our third one up for our third three and out segment, um, I would say again, how he, uh, when you asked if there's an asterisk by the Lakers because they won it in the bubble and we're thinking like, yeah, because, you know, no fans, it was an easier path. But in his opinion, it was a harder path because of the mental, uh, the struggle that they had to go through of not being around <clears throat> friends and family and things of that sort. Right, right. Yeah, I found it very interesting. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that he was going to go that route. Um, to, to say that, you know, if, if there were, uh, uh, there would be an asterisk, uh, that would be the reason why. Um, but the fact that, again, you know, he, along with his colleagues in the, in the booth that's calling, uh, that was calling the game, um, the network, everybody involved, uh, that basically had to sacrifice. Uh, none really had to sacrifice like those, those players uh, who obviously had to be away from their families uh, for a number of months. Um, so that was a uh, uh, that was really, it was refreshing um, to hear. Um, I think it was good for fans that, you know, really don't know much about basketball, didn't know really, uh, really kind of what it was like uh, to be in that bubble. Mark mm -hmm. gave us an inside uh, mm -hmm. kind of look with, with sharing, you know, how his experience was with the bubble. But again, uh, he knew, like he said, he don't know if he could have handled that at 
22 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's very admirable of him to kind of really, you know, take it that route to put himself in these players' shoes um, to know that, yeah, playing basketball, yeah, it's a a luxury, it's a privilege, um, but to do it under those circumstances, it had to be difficult for a lot of those guys. Yeah, yeah, props going out to everybody. NBA, Major League Baseball, NFL, you guys are making it through seasons uh, where, again, the rest of the world is literally locked up in their homes. So, again, we commend you guys. Keep doing your thing. Stay positive. Keep it moving. One fake Mark Jackson, 17-year NBA veteran, king of New York, creator of Hand Down, Man Down. Again, you can catch him when he broadcasts uh, the NBA for ESPN and ABC basketball games. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in to Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. And don't forget to, don't forget to subscribe on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah.